Ladies and gents, it only makes sense to listen to Magic and the Law of Attraction with Madame Pameta, Episode 5. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening to Magic and the Law of Attraction, the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. I'm recording this podcast from halfway around the world from my home base in Los Angeles. As I mentioned last week, I'm spending a month with my fabulous Frenchman in a small village in the Burgundy countryside, visiting family and friends, relaxing, and enjoying French country life. While I'm here, I'm not just eating amazing food and drinking beautiful wine, although that's a definite upside to this vacation. I'm also working on a really exciting writing project. I'm creating what's going to be a phenomenal online course in love magic. So what better place to do it than in La Belle France, the country where they really know about love, right? L'amour toujours. I'll definitely keep you posted as to when this amazing course is going to become available, but needless to say, I'm working really hard to make it something amazing and special for you. And if you want to follow my adventures in France, please check me out on Instagram. My name there is Madame Pamita, all one word, no spaces. Or you can look for me on Facebook. So on to today's episode. Welcome to our fifth installment of Magic and the Law of Attraction. In today's podcast, I'll be answering the question, how do I deal with discouragement while doing magic? And if you've done as much magic as I have, you know that not every spell goes off with a bang. So this is going to be like a troubleshooting guide for your mindset when spells and intentions just seem to fizzle. In this episode, we'll go over three questions to ask yourself to assess a spell that doesn't seem to be producing a result. I'll also tell you the magic phrase that I say before starting any magical work that really sets the tone for success. We're also going to be looking at three ways to set up a spell for maximum effectiveness, and I'll be telling you the three magic words you should be adding to petition papers when you're working on attracting something to you. And finally, I'll be telling you how to download a handy troubleshooting guide, which has the key info from this podcast, including the questions to ask yourself and the affirmations to keep your energy flowing in the right direction. So Karen in New England wrote in with a beautiful question that touches on a really important concept in both magic and in the law of attraction. How do we keep being positive when faced with what seems like zero results from our magic? Karen writes, I am new to the concept of changing my life through the power of magic, but I know I need a strong shift from the self-imposed negative energy that is holding me back in some areas of my life. My biggest issue is career and money related. I've been unemployed for quite some time and I've become very discouraged. I need something that will help me get my confidence and empowerment back and help me to earn a steady income. In most areas of my life, I do feel confident and empowered. Love, health, family, home. Everything is great except my ability to get hired and earn an income. How can I begin to use magic to create positive energy and transform my life for the better? 
Well, first, I want to say thank you so much for your question, Karen. It's really one of those questions that a lot of people don't have the courage to ask, and yet it's such a foundational part of manifesting and making magic. How do we maintain our spiritual openness and positivity when it seems like we're getting a no from the universe? Well, before we begin to dive into this topic, I think we have to get back to that basic understanding of how magic works. When we are doing magic, we are shaping and shifting reality to our will. Those are two carefully chosen words, shaping and shifting. When we do magic, we are not pushing or plowing through or having a knockdown, drag out death match. It's about directing energy in a certain way that we want it to go to get the things that we desire. Remember in episode three when I was talking about working with timings and how some timings would give an easier flow to your work? In thinking of magic on the meta level, it's the same. There are energies that are like jet streams around us that we can tap into and ride toward our good outcomes. But don't get me wrong, magic and manifesting are not about passively standing back and waiting for things to happen to you either. It's about finding that sweet spot where you do give an effort and push forward, but you use what I call the flow of spirit to open the doors and speed things along. Since we're dealing with such a hard to pin down topic, this episode is going to be full of analogies, so I might as well jump in with the first one now. One of the best ways that I've found to describe this idea of getting into that flow of spirit is that it's just like surfing. Okay, now you see the Southern California girl in me coming out. But if you've ever been on a surfboard or boogie board, then you'll get what I'm talking about. Let me try and explain it for those of you who have never been on a surfboard before. When you get on a surfboard, you paddle out into the ocean to get a good spot right behind the line where the waves are breaking. When a good swell comes along, You paddle like heck toward the shore to catch the momentum of that wave. And sometimes you don't quite catch the wave, so the wave basically passes you by, and you paddle back out to your spot and wait for another swell and try again. Then the next good swell comes, and you paddle really hard, and then the magic happens. It clicks. Your board starts being carried by the momentum of the wave, pushing it along, and then you can stop paddling and stand up, and ride the wave in. While you're riding, you can control your direction to a certain degree by tipping your board one way or another. But the real movement happens because of the massive power of the ocean. You can't really pick a very specific landing spot on the shore. And if you're surfing, the place where you end up is not really the point anyway. It's the ride. The wave will basically push you where it wants you to go. And there is a balance between things that are in your control, meaning the paddling and the tipping of the board one way or another, and the beautiful feeling of surrender, meaning surrendering to the energy of the wave as it pushes you forward. The point is that if you've ever tried to surf, you know that if you don't direct the board at all, or if you try to direct the board too much, either way, your ride will be over. So it's the same with magic. You have to put in some effort, like you're not going to catch the wave if you don't paddle out in the first place. But once you catch it just right, you can ride that wave in 
and let the power of it give you the amazing outcome that you are wanting. So what does this look like in magic and working intentionally? Well, first, I think there's the idea of catching the wave. When you're surfing, it's very rare that you catch every wave that you go out for. A seasoned surfer doesn't paddle out in the lineup and then when they miss the first wave, say, ugh, surfing doesn't work, forget it. I'm going to paddle back in and go home. And if a spell doesn't produce an immediate result, a master manifester doesn't say, ugh, magic doesn't work, or the law of attraction doesn't work. Forget it. I give up on my idea of getting what it is that I'm wanting. A true magician just keeps making adjustments, trying different things until one of them clicks. If a spell or intention doesn't seem to be working, the first thing that I do is to try a new approach. The new approach can be a new type of spell, or it can be refining the intention. Let's talk about this. Maybe you start out by doing a candle spell for a new job, and you put all of your focus and energy and intention into it, and then it finishes, and you wait expectantly for your outcome. You wait expectantly for that job to open up, but you don't seem to be getting any signs, and so you wait a few more weeks, and still nothing seems to be moving in the direction that you want. At that point, if it were me, I would assess what I could do differently. And these are the three questions I would ask myself in that assessment. First, I would ask myself, can I do another kind of spell for this outcome? In our example, we did a candle spell for a job. A candle spell is like sending a big, powerful rocket in a very specific direction. Very big, very focused, and very dramatic. A big burst of energy. But maybe what my intention needs is something a little less flashy, a more consistent energy directed at my outcome on a daily basis. I put these kinds of spells in the sanding a block of wood category. If you want to sand a block of wood, you don't shoot a rocket at it. You rub it with the sandpaper over and over again to get the result. And things like looking for a job or reuniting with someone after an argument or attracting a mate may actually work better with these less flashy but no less powerful daily spells. A great example of this kind of work is working with spiritual oils. Applying a spiritual oil like steady work oil to yourself on a daily basis before you get dressed in the morning can have a profoundly supportive effect on opening up job opportunities. And I'm going to be diving more into how to work with oils in my next podcast, so stay tuned for that one. But again, if I wasn't seeing a result from one kind of spell work, I would try another type of work or add another type of work and see what result I got from that. Second, When assessing my spell work, I would ask myself, am I doing the necessary work on the material level to make my spell manifest? For example, am I sending out resumes? Well, if so, great, but maybe I also need to reach out to my network on LinkedIn or let friends and colleagues know that I'm looking for work. I ask myself, what more or what different things on the material level can I do to really show the universe that I'm willfully focused on my good outcome. Third, I would assess my intention. Is it too focused? Is it not focused enough? 
If you write out a petition paper that says, I want work, and then you get asked to work at the elementary school bake sale, then guess what? You actually did get what you intended, work. Okay, maybe that's not specific enough. On the other hand, if you write, I want to be the CEO of Apple Computers, and then you don't get that job, is it because the spell didn't work? Let's take a look at it from the perspective of spirit. Maybe you set out that intention to be the CEO of Apple, but you get a job offer to work in the computer department at Best Buy. Does that mean the spell didn't work? To find out, you would have to take the job at Best Buy. It could be that you start working in the computer repair department and you work alongside someone who then goes on later to work at Apple corporate headquarters and gets in touch with you when they hear about a job opening that fits your skills. And then you begin working there and then you work your way up to CEO. So your spell might be working and you might never know that it is unless you take the opportunity that's in front of you. I call this stepping through the door that opens for you. It might also be, though, that the door to you being CEO of Apple never opens, and there might be a reason for it. Maybe that job is hellish and would never allow you to spend time with your family and friends. Maybe your life as something other than the CEO of Apple will be much more fulfilling to you because you will have people around you who love you. When I do magic, a big part of it is having faith and trust in that flow of spirit, just like a surfer trusts that a wave is going to take him or her in. It means trusting that the benevolent universe, spirit, God, the wave, or whatever you want to call it, knows more about what is going on in the grand scheme of things than I do from my narrow personal perspective. When I get the job at Best Buy, I might not realize from my limited view that it's a step toward my dream coming true. Or from my limited perspective, I might think that being CEO would make me happy, but maybe something else will make me even happier. Which means finding the sweet spot of your intention. Not too narrow, not too broad. It's like riding that wave. The wave is doing the big pushing, but you're refining the experience by tilting your board in certain ways to make it the ride that you want it to be. So when I do magical work, I like to find that sweet spot. There are so many ways to do this, but I'm going to give you three really key ones that always work for me. First, before starting any spell work, I like to create what I call a contract with the universe. Before I set an intention, I sit down and focus and say, A closed door is as valuable as an open door, which is my shorthand for what I know to be true. If a door doesn't open for me, I chalk it up to the fact that I don't really want what's behind that door. And if a door opens for me, I can walk through it with absolute confidence, knowing that there's great value in it for me. I think we've all experienced a situation where we were dying for the love of a certain person we didn't know very well. And then when we got to know that person a little better, they weren't what we thought they would be at all. Or another example is seeing a job description on paper and thinking, that is the perfect job for me. But when we get the job, we find out that our boss is a jerk and the coworkers are backstabbers and our desk is right across from a smelly men's room. 
all the things that weren't listed in the job description. So by me making that contract in shorthand by saying a closed door is as valuable as an open door, I'm basically saying that if a door doesn't open for me, so what? Whatever was behind that door wasn't any great shakes and it not opening for me is actually saving me valuable time that I would have wasted had I gone down that path. So to frame this with another analogy, what if I were to say to you that I was throwing a beautiful party for you? All the people that you love would be there. It was going to be catered with amazing food. There would be an open bar. Your favorite bander, GJ, was going to perform. And to top it all off, it was going to be held in a suite in a fabulous, ritzy hotel. Who wouldn't love that, right? But what if I were to tell you that to make it even more fun, we were going to play a little game. I would tell you what hotel your party was going to be in and tell you what floor it was going to be on in that hotel. But I wouldn't tell you what room number the party was going to be in. Instead, I would give you the key to the room and tell you that you had to find the party by trying your key in the doors on that floor. What would you do? Well, you'd probably start out by going to the floor, starting at the first door and dipping your key in. And if the lock didn't unlock, would you stand at that door trying to beat it down or keep dipping your key in or crumble down in the doorstep crying in the fetal position because the door didn't unlock? No, you would just move on to the next door as quickly as possible and try your key in that one and the next one and the next one until the door to your magical party unlocked. You don't stay there beating down the door to an empty room. Move on. And manifesting your intentions through magic is just like that. Not every door is going to open, and the ones that don't open don't have anything to offer you. And if you are able to just let it go and keep trying different doors, the one with your party behind it will absolutely open and so very easily. So try it in your own intentional work. Make a contract with the universe like a closed door is as valuable as an open door before you set out on a path towards something. And remind yourself of that contract by saying it again anytime you meet up with a closed door. Another really powerful thing that I do to open up intentions flowing faster is to create petition papers where instead of focusing too narrowly on a certain specific outcome, I list the qualities of the intention. A great example of this is in love work. What if instead of writing or saying a petition like, I want John Jones to love me. We made a list of all of the qualities of our perfect partner and our perfect relationship. We might be thinking of John Jones when we write the list and that's fine, but by taking his specific name out of the equation, we are opening up to having the love that we are wanting just in case John Jones ends up being a closed door, a closed door because there is something even better for us. By creating that more open-ended list, you leave the door open for John Jones to come into your life, but you also leave it open for someone else who the universe might know is even better for you to come in. You can do the same thing with a job. List the qualities of the job that you want instead of the specific job, and you are opening the door to an amazing open flow of opportunities coming to you. Finally, after you've written out your intention, 
There are three magic words that I like to add to every spell. Those three magic words are, or something better. So in our example, where we're looking for a job, on your very open list of qualities, you may list things like working with nice coworkers or making X amount of money per month or a workplace that is less than five miles from home. And then at the end, add or something better. Adding that or something better to your spell is another way of allowing the universe to bring you the things that will make you even happier. Like what if you write a workplace that is less than five miles from home? If you add or something better, that opens up other opportunities like working from home. Lastly, you want to make sure to remain vigilant about your thoughts, beliefs, and the words that you say after you've done any intentional spell work. One negative thought here and there about your situation is not going to make a difference if you are generally eagerly expecting a positive outcome. The problem occurs when we start getting in the habit of negative thoughts or words and chew on them over and over again like a dog on a bone. Don't diminish your spell work by talking it down or thinking repetitive negative thoughts. Even when you are faced with what appears to be a negative situation, it is possible to ease your thoughts out of worry and into calm. I found that one of the most helpful phrases when faced with a worrying situation is telling myself a phrase like, everything's going to be okay, or I know that things will work out. Or one of my favorites, okay, let's see where this adventure takes me. When you say these kinds of phrases, you are taking yourself out of the ego-centered judgment about what is happening right at this moment and projecting what it means in your life story. Before I wrap up this week's episode, I'd like to leave you with a little parable called the story of the Taoist farmer. This story perfectly expresses the removal of judgment that you need to have when doing magic work. So here's how it goes. Once there was a farmer who owned a beautiful mare, which everyone admired. And one day this beautiful horse disappeared. The people of his village offered their sympathy to the farmer saying, oh, that's terrible news. But the farmer only replied, good news bad news. Who can say? A few days later, the horse came back, followed by a beautiful wild stallion. Now the farmer not only had his horse, but another one. The people congratulated him for his good fortune, saying, that's great news. But all the farmer said was, good news, bad news. Who can say? The stallion was wild and the farmer wanted to use him around the farm, so the farmer's only son took it on himself to break the stallion. But in trying to tame the horse, the son was thrown off and broke his leg, and a son with a broken leg wouldn't be able to help around the farm. The people of the village expressed their sympathy at the farmer's misfortune, saying, This is a tragedy, such terrible news. But the farmer only said, Good news, bad news, who can say? A few days later, a battalion of the king's army came through the town on their way to the battlefront. 
As they did, they forcefully conscripted all the able-bodied young men with them to go to the war. All the young men, except for his son, were taken. The village people were amazed and told the farmer, This is such great news for you. But the farmer just gave the same reply. Good news, bad news, who can say? So when things look bleak, you are getting faced with closed doors and it looks as if your spell is not returning the result that you are wanting. I want you to remember this story and maybe say to yourself, good news, bad news, who can say? In the grand scheme of things, the worst result in the moment may bring you exactly what you are working toward. Don't forget to go to magicandthelawofattraction.com and look for the show notes for episode five to get your one-page troubleshooting guide for turning around discouragement. And don't forget that if you'd like more magical goodness, I've just released a new ebook called Seven Secrets to Supercharge Your Spellwork. It's for sale in both ebook and audiobook format on my site if you go to superchargemyspellwork.com. But the people who subscribe to my Spell a Week newsletter get a free copy of the ebook as a thank you gift for joining me on this amazing magical journey. I hope that you'll go to parlorofwonders.com and become one of those subscribers. Well, that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful and would like to hear more, please, please, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And I would so appreciate it if you could give a rating and leave your encouraging comments. The ratings on iTunes and Stitcher help people find the show. And I'll be giving shout outs to the people who leave reviews on upcoming episodes of the podcast. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends too. And if you have a question that you would like to be included on a future podcast episode, you can go to magicandthelawofattraction.com and fill out the question form. I'm always excited to see what you're curious about and where you're going to take our journey of discovery. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to next week when we'll be talking about spiritual oils, how to make them and how to use them to make magic in your life. Until next time, this is Madame Pemita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever. <laughs>